BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. You're listening to Comedy Central. From New York City, the only city in America, it's the show that invented news. This is The Daily Show with your host, Jordan Clipper. Second night hosting The Daily Show, and let's dive right in because I haven't even started my taxes. <laughs> we got a great show tonight. I'm fingering the pulse at the world's largest gun show, and Charlie Crockett is here tonight. So, let's get to the headlines. Let's start with some breaking news. Apparently, widespread lying and deceit may have some consequences. And we are back with our breaking news coverage. Just as opening statements were set to begin in what was going to be a historic trial, Dominion Voting Systems suing Fox for defamation, uh, lawyers on both sides reached a settlement, an absolutely enormous settlement. A lawyer for Dominion announced that Fox would be paying Dominion $787,500,000. Wow. Wow. $787 million. That is a ton of money. And Fox was already strapped for cash. Tucker Carlson can only afford one facial expression. <laughs> and look, I'm glad there's some accountability here, but still, I'm pretty disappointed we're not going to get a trial because all the Fox anchors would have been forced to testify. It would have been like the Seinfeld finale, but instead of, <laughs> instead of soup Nazis, it's just... Since Fox is going to have to pay nearly a billion dollars, they'll need to implement cost-cutting measures. Sadly, they have to fire Brian Kilmeade's reading tutor. <laughs> Janine Pirro has to switch to the cheap box of wine. Uh, <laughs> development on a third Ducey has been halted. They're going to have to switch from Jesse Waters to Tap Waters. And, uh, of course, they're going to have to put down Sean Hannity. <laughs> Let's move on. You guys smell that? You smell what I'm smelling? That combination of gym sweat and Old Spice and unearned confidence? Feels like there's a lot of alpha male energy going on in politics right now. 
Everywhere you look in the news, there's an alpha male whipping his pecker out, marking his territory, punching walls instead of crying. Real tough guys. Guys like Ron, these boots are made for walking DeSantis, who's, who's down in Florida waging war on a cartoon mouse. This morning, the ongoing feud between Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Disney is intensifying. DeSantis now floating the idea of the state developing land next to Disney World. Come to think of it, now people are like, well, there's, what should we do with this land? Maybe try to do more amusement uh, parks. Uh, someone even said, like, maybe you need another state prison. Who knows? I mean, I just think that the, the possibilities are, 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 are endless. Okay. <laughs> A state prison next to Disney World. Can you imagine what poor Walt Disney would say if he saw this? I mean, first, he'd have a lot to say about all the Jews and black people allowed in the park. Uh, but after he sorted all that out, he'd be very upset. This may sound like a petty move by a wannabe dictator, but is a prison next to Disney World an inherently bad idea? I say no. As long as they lock, it, they, they lock up strictly those Disney adults, we're going to be totally fine. You know... I know you're trying to make adulthood feel like childhood, but guess what? There's nothing for you past 30. <laughs> but he wasn't the only alpha male on the Alpha Palooza main stage yesterday. There was also Jim Jordan. Now, last month, oh, a lot of Jordan fans here. Last month, Jim Jordan's bro, Donald Trump, was indicted by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg for no reason besides committing crimes. But. <laughs> Jim Jordan wasn't going to let that stand. That's why yesterday he went after Alvin Bragg in Bragg's own backyard right here in Manhattan. The House Judiciary Committee held a rare field hearing in New York billed as an examination of crime in Manhattan. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan rallied against Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. The policies being implemented by this district attorney are going to ruin this great city. You know, I'm surprised. One, that he admits New York is a great city. <laughs> Never thought I'd hear that. And two, that he actually held a hearing on crime. I was pretty sure ignoring crimes was Jim Jordan's whole thing. <laughs> and considering the murder rates... <laughs> clap for ignoring sexual abuse allegations, I appreciate it. <laughs> Considering the murder rate is much higher in Columbus, Ohio, which is in Jim Jordan's neck of the woods, maybe he should have been holding crime hearings there. But even people from Ohio don't want to spend time in Ohio. And I can say that because I'm from Michigan, and Ohio is our New Jersey. But there's still another guy out there who might be the most alpha male ever. He summited Everest. He's the real-life inspiration for John Wick and the current featherweight champion of the world, George Santos. <laughs> now, he just started his first term in Congress, and absolutely no one wants him to run again. His constituents are embarrassed by him. Republicans want him to go away. Even the Dalai Lama said he wouldn't suck his tongue with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Which means... There's only one thing a real alpha male would do. Embattled Republican and New York Congressman George Santos going back on his word that he wouldn't run for re-election. Instead, he launched his campaign for re-election on his 100th day in office. It's a beautiful day here in Washington, D.C. It's a great day to be an American. It's a great day to be a Republican. And it's a great day to announce re-election. 
Santos is under local, state, federal, and international investigation. Say what you want about Santos, but it's uber alpha to run for re-election when you're as unpopular as he is. He's so unpopular, his campaign had to refund more donation than it's taken in. <laughs> True, which means he's technically raised negative $3,000. You gotta give it to George Santos. He's the only elected official who's effectively taken money out of politics. <laughs> All right, so who is today's reigning alpha male? To help me decide, please welcome Desi Lydic. Desi. Desi, Desi, which of these men do you think is the top alpha? Well, not to out-alpha you, Jordan, but none of them. These are all a bunch of beta bitches. <laughs> Ron DeSantis, he's losing a fight with the happiest place on Earth. I haven't seen Disney trample a leader like this since Mufasa. <laughs> and Jim Jordan flew all the way to New York just to talk about how scared he is of New York. <laughs> Relax, Jim. Go see that Michael Jackson Broadway show. It also ignores abuse allegations. You'd love it. Okay, hold on, Desi. Oh, hold on, there has to be an alpha. Oh, I've got an alpha for you. Today's top alpha male is my girl, Senator Dianne Feinstein. And I'll tell you why. Roll it! The California Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein hasn't cast a vote since February because she's still recovering from shingles. Her absence is holding up President Biden's judicial nominees. Some Democrats called for her resignation. She's 89 years old. She's been away from Capitol Hill for seven weeks. The senior senator from California issued this statement, quote, I remain committed to the job and will continue to work from home in San Francisco. Yeah, check out the truck nuts on die. <laughs> that right there is an alpha. Okay. I I don't get it. Dianne Feinstein can't perform her duties on the Judiciary Committee and is refusing to resign. What, what, is, what is alpha about that? But thinking that no one else could do your job as good as you, even though you're barely doing your job, that is pure alpha male. <laughs> That's some Logan Roy shit. No spoilers. No, no spoilers. Okay, all right, but I'm giving you one more day and then I spoil it. Okay, fine, fine. Look, let's say this is a power move by Dianne Feinstein, but there is more to being an alpha male than just not giving up your job. No, 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 Jordan, it's not a job, it's a seat. She's in California right now, holding down a seat in Washington, D.C. This is the widest case of manspreading in human history. Okay. Fair, fair, but manspreading doesn't make her alpha, it makes her a standard male. Oh, well, she's not just manspreading her seat, she's also stopping 12 federal judges from taking their seats. Judges that could rule in favor for women's rights and preventing women from having, having rights, rights is classic, classic alpha, alpha male. male. Yes, right? there it is. There now it is. I see it. Now, it. yes, I'm seeing it. Okay, it. I see it. Diane is ripping a page out of the old boy playbook, grinding it up and snorting it right off a of hooker's ass. <laughs> I salute you, Diane. We salute you, Alpha Diane. Desi Lydic, everyone. All right, when we come back, we'll take a look at the hot new way your kids can kill you. But don't go away. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back to The Daily Show. With all the guns in America, you might think that everyone who wants a gun has a gun. So what is the gun industry doing to try to keep selling more product? I went to the world's largest gun show to find out in another edition of Fingers the Pulse. America, land of the free and home to an astronomical amount of mass shootings. So I went to the world's largest gun show in Tulsa, Oklahoma to investigate our unique obsession with guns. The bounty was plentiful. Small guns, big guns, Kamala clips, katanas for some reason, and more Nazi swag than Harlan Crow's guest bathroom. 11 acres of guns. Seems weird to use acreage as a measurement of guns, but this is America. Barry, why are you, why are you here today? America. America. You're here because America dot dot dot. Yes, guns. <laughs> I feel like that's an American haiku. Little E.E. E. Cummings over here. What are you looking forward to? Relaxation mm -hmm. and being able to look at guns free. That's relaxing to you. It's yes. A, sort of like your bonsai tree is looking at an array of guns. Makes you zen. Makes me feel better. And this guy might as well have been at a meditation retreat because they were selling guns everywhere, including the parking lot. So you're you're going to hopefully sell that inside? Yes. Do you need a license? Can you just kind of go into the gun show yeah. and... You try to find somebody that wants to buy it or you find what you want to buy. And then if somebody's like, I'm interested, I'll buy it, then what do you do? First of all, you kind of like look them over. <laughs> is that what a background check is here in Tulsa? I mean, this isn't where people are going to come to maliciously get guns, mostly. Why not? I guess if I was like, I need to get a gun quick to do bad shit, this is actually exactly where I would come. How much is that going for? About 900. What if I came up there and was like, I don't know, I've had a little bit of a rough day. My wife just broke up with me. I'm feeling a little on edge. How much for your gun? Well, I ain't gonna sell it to somebody that looks stupid, you know, or looks like he's, like, crazy as shit, you know? What if I say the words of somebody who's crazy as shit, but I look composed like I do right now? Yeah, I'd probably sell it to you. While the selection of firearms was diverse, these days there's only one real star of the gun show. 
What are you hoping to see? A couple AR-15s, maybe some tactical ones. I just want to add to it, make yeah. it more tactical, make it have some lasers or something. Why is the AR-15 such a good gun? It's just cool. A lot of people use them for day-to-day. -day. There's a lot of day-to-day -day AR-15 usage. I have uh, AR style, but I use that for hog hunting. Hog hunting. Hog. I got one set up for hog hunting. Squirrels, deer, wild hogs. You're killing wild hogs too? We have had them threaten us, but... You've been threatened by pigs? My dad has. Why, why do you think the AR-15 is seen as scary? Because it looks like a military weapon. Do you think it's scary because it <clears throat> kills a lot of children? The weapon itself doesn't kill the children. It's the person wielding the weapon. Why do they tend to use that weapon in particular? Because in media, it's, it's portrayed that way. Well, no, but in, in schools, it happens that way. Was I misunderstanding this? If AR-15s aren't the real threat in America, what is? Look up uh, bicycle accidents. Look up trampoline accidents. Coyotes, bears. Acid attacks. Acid attacks. Are there mass acid attacks? I wouldn't say mass, but they do happen. Statistically, there are more murders committed in this country every year with hammers, baseball bats, and other blunt force objects than any handgun, rifle, shotgun combined. Well, that statistic can't be correct. Automobile accidents, falls, poison. Two by fours, like, yeah, heavy like, books. Yeah, two by fours. A statue sitting on your table. Right. It seems like yeah, we should, we, should, we should be looking at all murder weapons from the game of Clue and then get to the other lower level ones like the AR-15. The more I talk to these people, the more I wondered if all of this tactical shit has always been a part of gun culture. That's a new thing. That's new? Yeah, that's a new thing. I went to Montana to talk to Ryan Bussey, who spent 25 years in the gun industry, but now advocates for gun safety. I'm deeply troubled by the firearms culture that's emerged in and around guns in our country now. It mirrors much of our political radicalization and transformation as a country. The industry itself, uh, prior to about 2005 or 2006, would not allow any kind of tactical gear hardly any AR-15s, no bulletproof vests, no helmets, and its own trade shows. It seemed like the industry understood that propagating that kind of thing would lead to, to very bad shit. You bring an AR-15 to a gun show in 2009 and you're a weirdo? Yeah, just 2008 and 2009 is when the, the weirdo stuff starts wearing off, but yeah, you're a weirdo then. N now it's commonplace, now it's ubiquitous. But they used to be weirdos. They used to be weirdos, yeah. And. AR, I know a lot of liberals think AR stands for assault rifle, yeah. and they're wrong. Correct. It stands for, are you looking at my small penis? Is that right? It stands for Armalot Rifle, which is the first company that developed it. Armalot Rifle. Yes. Yes. Liberals see the AR-15 and tend to think it's a weapon of war, and it feels like I go to a gun show and people say, it's for hunting, it's for sport. Mm -hmm. Who's right? Well, you just, all you have to do is look at the industry's own marketing. The industry sells it as an offensive weapon of war. They're starting to market towards kids, right? Yeah, so, you know, guns have long been marketed to kids, um, target guns, trying to get kids involved in the shooting sports and in hunting. But what's different now is that's being marketed to kids through things like the JR-15, the Junior 15, not the AR-15, the Junior 15. It's a shrunken down kids version of an AR-15, yeah. A JR-15, is that so little kids can stand up to government overreach? If you're worried about child grooming, here's your child grooming. This, this is how gun manufacturers are reaching out to the public. Here you got the marketing for the JR-15 to little kids. Check that out. Oh, great. So we have pacifiers and a skull. Tactical pacifier. 
Tactical pacifier. Cute. Yeah, my two and a half year old would be drawn to that. This is a magazine cover. Um, you have the vicious skateboard attacker and the glorious father defending his terribly afflicted family. Was that one in case Tony Hawk goes crazy? Yes. <laughs> Honey, get the sword, Tony Hawk's here. So this is Spike's tactical ad. It was a 2018 huge ad at the industry trade show. Guys in jeans, t-shirts, backwards ball cap, AR-15, staring down the protesters. Here you have Kyle Rittenhouse. Jeans, backwards ball cap, t-shirt, AR-15, shooting the protesters. This is two years apart? Two years apart. The marketing works. I don't know how, if you can't draw a direct line between those two things, I, I, I can't help you. What are steps we can take to limit the number of mass shootings with weapons like the AR-15? I think, like our politics, a lot of this is about voluntary social norms. Yes, legislation needs to be instituted to help reinforce some of these norms, but some of this is going to be on us. That's right, it is on us. So it shouldn't be too hard for all of us to come together and agree on what weapons should and should not be owned by the average civilian. Should, should we be able to buy tanks? You bet you. Yeah? You betcha. If tanks are okay, should we each be able to have an uh, Apache helicopter? There, there should be a line of the things that are available. Well, maybe we shouldn't go around with nuclear bombs strapped to our backs. That's the line. But, I but there's a, you don't have to but. You don't have to. We had nuclear bombs. We were agreeing. Looks like we've still got some figuring out to do, America. Stay tuned, because when we come back, Charlie Crocker will be joining me on the show. Don't go away. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a critically acclaimed musician whose new album, The Man from Waco Redux, will be out on May 26th. Please welcome Charlie Crockett. Uh, welcome to the show. I've been a big fan for quite some time. Uh, 
You look great, by the way. I feel, I feel like I dress down. You got a cool ass hat. Does it, being a cool musician, is it ever exhausting to have to always look impressive? Do you ever want to just Adam Sandler it and just go cargo shorts? <laughs> Well, I, my, my girl probably wishes I did that more often, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, know. you are, you have an, you have an amazing story. Uh, I feel like your life is 11 country songs fit into one life, right? Uh, and part of that story includes New York City. I know you, you came from uh, Texas, spent some time in New Orleans, but some time busking in New York City subways. Is that correct? You got it. I, I apologize if I ever ignored you. Um, <laughs> My bad. Uh, if I could go back in time, I'd fix that. <laughs> but tell me, with that, going from that experience to what you do now on the road, interacting with audiences, what do you learn uh, in a New York City subway? Well, uh, I looked a little different back then, so I don't think you would have recognized me as the same man. You yeah? Know? I was definitely younger. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Actually, the first time I ever played in this city uh, was about 15 years back mm -hmm. in Central Park. Um, I had hitchhiked up here and uh, I knew a guy from South Florida who, uh, these Brazilian guys actually that I grew up with a little bit in Texas and uh, one of them had moved to Florida and uh, he had a buddy that was like up here working somewhere. He lived in Spanish Harlem mm -hmm. and uh, I hitchhiked into town and they offered me a, a place, him and his lady, they offered me a place on their couch and uh, they gave me like a week and so I just started wandering down around Manhattan and found myself in Central Park there. Um, and I'll, I'll spare you all the drama and trials and tribulations of those 15 years, but... Oh, good. That's not good for TV. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. <clears throat> yeah. And so, uh, but back in September, uh, the first bridge I ever played underneath in Central Park, I played about 100 yards from it just back this last September, uh, opening up for Willie Nelson. So that felt pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> <darn> good. <laughs> I feel like there's, uh, there's a motif in a lot of your work about journey, and I think a lot of your songs are about getting from point A to point B. I think your life seems to have been sort of a journey around different parts in America. It's hard to even categorize some of your music. Would you call it folk, Americana, country? Well, uh, you know, I, I definitely learned how to stand behind my guitar and play it on street corners, uh, work in farm parties. Farm parties? Yeah, like... I don't, I don't even know what those are. Yeah. Yes, I'm you not do. Even, I, I, do I? Yeah, it's a hoedown. It's a hoedown at a farm. Yeah. I guess know. I could have put it together. There's context clues there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I ended up doing a lot of, I ended up doing a lot of physical labor, um, like in rural areas, especially in the Pacific Northwest. It's kind of where I learned to hitchhike. It was, uh, it was easier to get picked up on the highway. People are uh, more likely, I guess, to make bad decisions and pick up hitchhikers out there. <laughs> and... Uh, and the people that embraced me, uh, to be really honest with you, it was back when, you know, ganja was still completely illegal. And uh, I found my way onto those kind of farms. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, that's what they meant by Big Rock, Candy Mountain. Is that what that was about? That's what they were talking about. Oh, you're, you're, you're destroying all my country <laughs> illusions. <laughs> Next thing you're going to tell me, Willie Nelson is a pot smoker. <laughs> don't, don't listen to Waylon Jennings. Then. Okay, I won't get into Waylon then. <laughs> a lot of your music, it almost feels like you're writing songs up against the clock. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you know, people ask me what my songs are about, and I usually tell them the same thing, you know. Two or three minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but then you don't fill them in whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. With these people who don't know how to make art, they just comment on I really need you filling those holes. <laughs> uh, uh, on this album, you reference a songwriting credit with another man who came to New York, slept on some couches, found his way in the folk scene back in the 60s. Uh, Robert Zimmerman, a.k.a. Bob Dylan. Uh, how does Bob Dylan find his way on your album? Well, you know, I called Bob up and told him I wanted to finish his song, and uh, he, uh, no, I never, I've never met him before. I was <laughs> that guy, not known for taking many phone calls. No, no, he definitely ain't picking up the phone to me. But uh, actually, what had happened was, is I was listening to these tapes of his, they're called the Pecos Blues tapes, and it was from, he, uh, he scored an old Sam Peckinpah movie back in the early 70s called uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. And uh, he said it was, I think it's the only movie ever kind of scored start to finish. And actually you can listen to those audio tapes there. It's like a half of it was done in Durango, Mexico, and the rest maybe in LA. And you can hear like after he's done with one of the songs, he's like, this is the last movie I ever work on. You know? <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, and anyways, I was listening to those and, and I heard this song that um, was about Billy the Kid, Billy the Kid's life, you know. And, uh, there's a highway in between Austin and northern New Mexico that I've hitchhiked down, walked down, driven my truck down, been on my bus, you know, driving up and down for many years where they supposedly Billy the Kid is buried, you know, and I think he was dead by the time he was 21 or 22, you know, and America's always been really fascinated with him. And I'd heard that Bob, you know, was fascinated by him. And uh, the story was just really speaking to me, you know, it's like, and I'd written, I'd come up with a verse to add to the song, which it's ridiculous to think you can add anything to Dylan's music, but this was a song that he didn't finish. There was, it, was like, it was like a verse and a half, and he never finished it, and even on the record, they're like, what's this song gonna be called, Bob? And he's like, oh, this one's, uh, this one's uh, uh, Tom Turkey, Tom Turkey number two, <laughs> you know? And a strange title, but like Tom Turkey's kind of like a straw man or like a marked man, mm -hmm. I think, in the Old West is kind of what that would be. And, um, I just came up with this line because I was thinking about it, it was uh, uh, people around here like to talk about you and I hope you like the legend you become. I heard it said in truth or consequences, you couldn't be a day past 21. And I like that line and I think, I think Bob liked it too because it's like you get, you get enough into the public eye, you know, and you can start feeling like Billy the Kid, you know, even if you ain't ever, you know, held a gun in your life, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel a lot like Billy the Kid <laughs> all the time, you know? Uh, I was afraid I would die early like Billy the Kid. It was a smoker, right? Is that what got him in the end? <laughs> <laughs> my history, my history is Smoking spotty. guns. Smoking guns. It's been really nice. Uh, this, the song you're going to perform for us today, it feels like it's somewhat of a, I know, I, I won't ask you to have to go into it because you're not going to give me a straight answer, so I appreciate that. <laughs> but a little bit of a... Uh, it looks at fame, and I, I do think, in, 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 like I said before, I know some of your music is about journeys, getting to, getting to different places, and you've, you've bust, I know you've got record contracts, you've left record contracts, you've found your own way. How much of it for you is it about getting to some final place? Is there, is there a success for you that will, will let you to, forgive me, uh, to hit your horse and say, Giddy up, we're in for, forgive me, I, I am not, you know what, I'm gonna backtrack that. He's from Michigan. You I'm know? from Michigan. Is there, is, is there, is, 
Is success a landing spot or is it, is it a journey for you? I'm doing, I've been doing this rambling piece that they've been working on uh, in a Texas magazine for months. And actually when we were up here in New York with Willie not uh, too far back, this journalist was up here with me and they'd interviewed everybody I ever dealt with in uh, the business for the most part. And um, you know, my first record deal, I was discovered on the R train here in Manhattan. By a big, by the big part of the machine, you know, and uh, so in a way, I not the subway you're talking about, huh? the music machine. Yeah, the music okay, machine. Okay, 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 good. You know the machine I'm talking about. I know. Okay, the machine. <laughs> yes, and uh, <laughs> the big dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in a way, I, I, I guess I, I did beat the game, uh-huh. but you know, the the deal that I dreamt of, like you've heard many times before, it never is what you want it to be. Um, and, and so anyway, they're doing this big piece on me now, and people know I've been doing it a long time. I've got, you know, 13, 14 records. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've made a habit of telling record executives to, uh, you know, kiss my behind. <laughs> Actually, the last time I met up with one here in New York City, he asked me if I'd ever been here before. You know, I'm 39 years old. I've been here hundreds of times. Played on the street here for five years, you know. But I, I felt like he didn't, uh, you know, I think he knew I'd been here, you know, he's just messing with me. But um, uh, this journalist was saying that, every, that a couple of my old managers, they said, you know, they, they say, Charlie, man, they all said that you had a plan. They knew you were, where you were going. You know, you knew you were going, you had this grand scheme. And, but I never, I never did, you know. The reason that I started playing uh, in public and on street corners in the first place was, uh, this was a career of last resort. Hard luck and circumstances put me on street corners. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this business if um, I'd had an easy way. And so there was no grand scheme to beat the game. The only, the only thing I ever wanted to do was keep, was keep playing, you know, was, uh, was, you know, I'm not a cowboy, I'm a cowboy singer, and I just want to keep singing my cowboy songs. And they might sound a little different than some of the old boys. <laughs> and you're here with us tonight. <laughs> the man from Waco Redux will be out on May 26th. Explore more shows from The Daily Show podcast universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.